The following podcast contains some strong language and some very average opinions. Any references to actual people are wildly inaccurate. It's probably best if you don't listen at all. The Roaring Peacock Podcast. Welcome back to the Roaring Peacock Podcast. This is a special edition because of lockdown, we've decided to cheer ourselves up by going through one of the greatest weeks in living memory. The week Leeds United got promoted to the Premier League after 16 years. So it was a week we'll remember for the rest of our lives. People say money can buy happiness, but the true value in life are memories. But with Leeds, there are always ups and downs, and the news that Jack Charlton had passed away marked a momentous down. Seven days later, we were promoted. Eight days later, we were champions. On the 9th of July, 2020, Leeds beat Stoke 5-0. The day after we heard the news about Jack Charlton. Two days after that, Pablo Hernandez scored an 89th minute winner against Swansea. He ripped off his shirt like an action hero and screamed like a harpy. It was an intense moment. And that was the moment that many of us knew we'd get promoted. Four days later, we beat Barnsley 1-0 in the worst defeat I've ever seen from a Leeds team that ended in us winning. And (laughs) on the Friday, it was the 17th of July, a goal from on-loan player Smith Rowe, 19 minutes after the 19th hour, promoted Leeds as Huddersfield won 2-1 against West Brom. One day later on Saturday the 18th, Stoke beat Brentford And that confirmed us as champions. And on Sunday the 19th, at Derby County's ground, a year after they'd shit in our changing rooms, they had to line up for the champions as we ran more yards than in any other game that season, with half the team still drunk and the other other half hung over as fuck. Three days later, Leeds beat Charlton 4-0 in the last game of the season. And we lifted that shiny fucking trophy at Ellen Road. Cue fireworks and a dodgy bus celebration. So to talk about all this and more, my name's Adonis and with us is Rob. Good evening. And Cookie. Now then. How are we, fellas? Glorious, mate. Can't complain. Although it's just made me laugh that um, you were so happy with what you'd written and the fact that it involved Derby. I mean, just talking about that Derby part and the fact you were laughing before you even read it out. It's like just thinking back to the divine justice that that felt like. Just absolutely fucking brilliant. So, yeah, I'm good, mate. Every time (laughs) anyone asks me to think about something from that week, the thing that Mm. does stand out the most is Wayne Rooney's Derby County giving us a guard of honour and then half Mm. drunk, half hungover team of teenagers with sick on the insides of their shirts, just absolutely blitzing them away. And that, for me, was the, the pinnacle of that week. It was outstanding. Yeah, that... that Victor Orta. Yeah, I would say Victor Orta for definitely. Yeah, yeah. Or Matthias Click. Yeah, in the stands with his binoculars and his flag and uh, our players with pyro on the pitch. Did you ever think you'd love Victor Orta that much? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not. Absolutely not. I think the the general consensus was that he uh, did a terrible job at Middlesbrough. 
Yeah, I think I wasn't on his back as much as some fans. I, I think, although he did an average job at Middlesbrough or terrible, um, he was hot and cold for me. I wasn't really for him. I wasn't really against him. But that kind of post-COVID restart, project restart, whatever it was uh, sort of proclaimed to be, that really warmed me to him. That How can you not love a man that takes a flag and some binoculars to Pride Park? <laughs> I, think, I think what Victor's done is... Early doors, he, he, he made some bad signings, let's be honest. Majority of the people he signed weren't great. Some were okay. Um, but then, as things have gone on, he made the most important signing in our recent history, which was obviously Marcelo. And look at you, you're loving it, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> have you got, oh, you've got it framed, that's ace, is that? Yeah. He was showing off because I'm in my ceramic prison cell and I was telling him that I need to get some more things on the wall, so now he's just lifting up random bits of artefacts he's got hanging on his walls for fun. The cat will be up next. I need to get one of Alex's canvases to go up alongside our wedding vehicle up there. People listening and not watching on YouTube should probably uh, be informed that... Now, I've just got some uh, Yorkshire Evening Posts from Saturday, July the 18th. So the day, uh, the day after that we'd learned that we got promoted and Monday... Um, so that was the uh, the Monday special with the the uh, free inside sixteen page pullout celebrating Leeds United's return to the Premier League as champions. So the reason why we're doing this podcast is be- is because twenty twenty uh, wasn't that fantastic, really. And then all of a sudden, twenty twenty one is like, yeah. You're going to start dreaming of 2020 by the time I'm finished with your fucking asshole. Yeah, it's been an interesting start, mate. It's like when you do a seven-day free trial and you're like, no, I don't, I don't want this product. No, no. <laughs> but you've already given them your direct debit detail. <laughs> yeah. And you've signed up to a 12-month contract. Yeah. Yeah, right. there's no getting out of 2021. So, so talk us through it then. Let's forget about that. Let's go back to this jubilant week. Um, talk us through it, Cookie. Oh, which part? I mean, my my biggest thing, do you mean about what we did or what, what sort of highlights them? Because I think when I think about that week, just, well, beating Swansea was the thing that changed it mentally, wasn't it, where we felt we were up. And I know that wasn't promotion week. And um, I do like to think about that Pablo pose with his top off that's now a mural that makes me feel better about being a fat cunt because even a skinny bloke like him got captured in a brilliant photo with his dodgy belly hanging about. That makes me feel all right. Um, but, yeah, just it was just brilliant. Do you know what my, my favourite moment was probably as much as I didn't really like it, um, given what was going on with COVID, and I'm, I was scared Bielsa were going to get it and he would inevitably die because he's not a skinny bloke, is he? But um was all the fans at his house, but just how much he loved the fans being there and how much you could tell that that's when you knew, you just knew and seeing him with the players. But not just the way he was with the players and the fact that he signed up for this year, it's just how much he gets this club about how much he gets the community and how much he's a once-in-a-lifetime manager who really understands how to run a team to what the fans want and what the fans need to give them joy in their lives. He cares about us having joy in our lives, you know, through the football we play. So I just love him for that. So that seeing him that happy and seeing him relax for what was probably one, one day out of 365 in a year where he can, you know, just enjoy it was was just great to see. Thought he deserved it after all the grief he'd gotten. Rob, 
your first your first thoughts when you think of that week? Dramatic, I think, pal. Exhausting in a in a really positive way. Mentally exhausting for all the right reasons, which 2020 was mentally exhausting for a lot of people for all the, the wrong reasons, obviously. Uh, and you look back to, I know everyone says it, but those moments like after Forest and you're starting to think, it can't, we can't do what we did last year again. And and I, what Cookie said, Bielsa deserves better. Uh, you know, even Orta, the people that input Angus, everyone, we deserved better, the fans, the community. And then, yeah, I think like everyone, that really kind of poetic moment with Pablo at Swansea, just sort of, you knew, even though you didn't know, you de- that is the, the, the dare to dream moment for me where I thought, we've got a chance. This is actually, could, could seal it for us. And I think as we moved through and uh, that weekend was quite bizarre because I was in different scenarios on the Emil Smith Road winner. Uh, I was with uh, just my partner and we were just watching it kind of on the telly and I kind of went obviously off the rails and it just was a, a kind of weird microcosm moment. But then the next uh, uh, environment I was in was a kind of, you know, socially distanced, safe environment, pub setting with friends and the roof lifted off. And it's kind of like you just experience it all i think everyone's got it's gonna be one of those moments where everyone knows where they were when those things happened not just one incident not just the the pablo goal or huddersfield or the last day of the season the four nil win against charlton whatever it might be everyone knows where they were for those little jigsaw puzzle pieces and that for me is what makes it special for the for the club and the fans see i got so drunk i'm not entirely sure i would know entirely where i was at a particular time because <laughs> so, <laughs> i enjoyed it that much I'll tell you what I think well, is one of the weirdest things looking back is for the neutral, they're going to look at that. If you looked at that final table, it would look like we went up relatively stress-free. And for any Leeds yeah. fan who was a fan that season, who was alive and lived through it, fuck me, it wasn't as stress-free as that 10-point gap ended up looking. And I think for anyone that was alive the prior to that, you know, to see the demise as it was, because we're old enough to remember what that felt like. So that time, that poignancy of being able to say it's finally over was a wash of relief to us, whereas some of the younger generation fans, although it's still obviously clearly special for them, they felt it in a different way. But I do genuinely feel really immensely happy for people my age who we saw the decline and then we saw the rise. It took a long time in between. I would have liked to have shaved a few years off that, but um, it, it was such a special moment. I think it's the expectation, isn't it, sir? You know, if you look at somebody like like a fan base like Real Madrid, they expect to win every game. They don't expect to win every game by one or two goals. They expect to win every game by, by three or four goals, playing the greatest football the world has ever seen with the greatest players, greatest, most expensive players in the world. And if they don't get that, they can be it can turn into an absolute nightmare of an atmosphere and they'll they'll be booing and they'll be hissing you know even if they're winning two nil or something they'll be like boo you know um (laughs) um, and i think yeah it's it's weird it's weird it's it's a special kind of plastic it's like burning plastic pantomime (laughs) fan bases um with 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 us the expectations were we're going to do a Leeds. And that's that's a phrase almost, you know, it's almost in the in the dictionary there. And 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 that's why. That's why it was not fun. 
for the most of it. That's why there were so many of these moments where, you know, it's like the Ralph Hasenhutl where he he's, he goes to celebrate. You know, it's, it's turned into a meme now. It's a gift. He, he goes that. to celebrate and then he stops himself. Oh, no, no, no. And then goes back. And that's that's exactly how it felt. Um, and 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 with with the Pablo goal, and with Barnsley, uh, a, a little bit more so, but but certainly with that Pablo goal, it felt like we don't have to do that so much. You know, we don't have to go within ourselves again and, and just say, oh well, we haven't done it yet, so we can't get too excited. It it felt with that Pablo goal, the voice at the back of your head got a lot louder. 100%. The, the voice at the back of your head that said, this is our year, we're going to do it. We're, this time, we're going to do it. And I don't know one, fa- one, one, one friend who supports a different club who didn't want us to fail. I, I don't know of someone who really, who doesn't support us, who wanted us to do it. And that made it also all the more sweeter. Not for the blue tick brigade on Twitter, not for the people giving it the Johnny Biggins down the pub who you don't know. But if you've got friends or relatives and you're listening <laughs> to this and they wanted us to fail, we didn't. And how good did that feel? <laughs> and it, it tells you everything about how amazing our club is as well, though, and how revered we are, because who would they who else would they care about to that extent that isn't even a local rival or anything like that you know yeah man united might care with someone like city or liverpool but realistically there's there's other reasons for that and it's like everyone wants us to fail it's the, there's a reason we're the most sung about and it's like getting out of that league whether we even with bielsa you know and an amazing setup now was never going to be easy because we are every club's final in that league everyone wants us to stay in that league because that's one of the only reasons they make money from viewership, etc. So it was always going to be tough. I think it's just even more credit to how amazing a coach um, Bielsa is um, and how well those players have, have adapted to him. So, yeah, it was gritted teeth, wasn't it? It you could that was the that was the analysis, that was the punditry, that was the news articles. It was, yeah, they've done it. They've they've done it by ten points. Yeah, Leeds are promoted because we've never stopped being dirty Leeds, have we? People in the press still don't like us. I think unless I can't remember what the Phil Hare quote is, but or was it like I can't remember what it is? But a lot of people want Leeds United to fail, but this club wasn't made for them. Yeah, that's the one. Because like, unless you are a part of this club, even if you're not a fan, so you look at Philly supports it hearts, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's like you can see the journey he's been on with his club and how special he can see it is. And I think unless you are a part of this club and have been a part of this club and got it sort of in your blood and or you're someone like Phil who's had to work around the club for a long time, you haven't seen the pain we've all been through. Um, I don't know about you, but I'd never seen Leeds United uh, lift a trophy. I was six years old when we won the first division and I was a bit too young to, to be, I don't have, I know that some people have great memories from when they were three or whatever. I'm not one of those people. I don't have a good memory. Um, so I, my actual, my first memories of Leeds United were 1994 when I was seven. Um, and so I, I have, I have no recollection of of us winning the the first division so 
let me tell you, when we beat Charlton 4-0 and lifted that trophy, I don't think I've had a feeling like that in my life. Um, and I'm wondering how you boys felt um, and how you could describe that moment. I mean, I don't know if a euphoric feeling is, is, is it justice? If I'm being honest, I, like I said before, I think that the culmination of everything you go through as a fan and every every football fan goes through it, no matter what size, size and stature of the club, but it meant, meant something different. It meant something that you could finally kind of rid, rid yourself of that burden of we're just going to be stuck in the championship forever. Uh, and and then so a kind of relief feeling, but also actually no, we've 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 done this through grit and hard work and determination, exciting football. We haven't um, been without our controversies, but we got there. And other times we fell at the first hurdle or the last hurdle, but at this time we didn't fall. And unlike you, Donny, I was six years old uh, the last time we won a major trophy as such, and uh, I don't remember it. I can't tell you, I can't say it in line, say I saw it on the telly and remember it with vividness. Um, and in fact, the first kind of competitive trophy I thought we would nearly win was the Coca-Cola Cup when we lost to Villa. But this feeling of actually lifting it and seeing players in that kit and those colours lift that trophy with a manager who you kind of have, you know, a, a kind of besottedness for, you almost want him to be your granddad. And it was just a special moment. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, my... Mine's not much different to you. I think we're a similar age, all of us anyway. So I think I was I was seven in nineteen ninety two, um, when we won won the league. And whilst I got to go to the stadium and hold the, the trophy and the charity shield, which was great, I don't I don't remember a lot of the football. I mean I loved I had loads of VHSs of what happened and rewatched loads of it, which is great. I still got them in a drawer in the other room. Legion United Golden Goals, brilliant. Um and like you, my first time I thought we would win a trophy was the Coca-Cola Cup. Savo Milosevic broke my heart, um, and it was horrible to watch. I thought Andy Gray was going to be the next world-class Leeds United player, and I loved him. Um, and I think I was 11 at that point. It was 96, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I'm sure it was, yeah. yeah. Um, but but for me, it, it's very much the, the word you used is the exact same word I would use. I've associated Leeds ever since they got relegated to be honest with you, probably when we were in the Premier League even, with with a level of anxiety, there's always been something when following Leeds that you just worry the worst is going to happen because bad things have always happened to this club throughout history at some point. Um, you know, whether you look at Cluffy, whether you look at previous relegations, etc., or some of the cup finals we've been robbed of, um, not mentioning Munich, bastards. Anyway, um, but to me, it just it just felt like divine justice. It felt... Just absolute relief of, I never thought in my adulthood after we went down, I would see us win anything or get to experience that joy um, and be lucky enough to have a bunch of, well, first of all, a bunch of Leeds United fans who I'm in my friends and family, getting to know people on Twitter and just celebrating that and really enjoying the moment. But also just to all of my twat friends who support clubs like Man United, um, you know, I've got one of my best mates, Big Rob, it's a huge Man United fan. And just for us to come up when he absolutely didn't want us to, it was just like, fuck you. Yeah, this is great for us to be back. Although most people kind of wanted us back in the end, I think. But yeah, just just relief more than anything else. Um, and then, yeah, just got, got smashed and enjoyed it and um, felt rough the day after. So I was at Barnsley train station, of all exotic places, on the Sunday morning because uh, a friend had said, get the train to Barnsley, jump off there. And I'll pick you. I'll pick you up, and we'll drive up to Leeds. So 
obviously um i was uh, waiting for him and still kind of in this semi intoxicated euphoric kind of feeling also hung over so really just wanted to sit down die with a kind of mask of both shame about how the state I looked in, but also the kind of COVID mask, NHS mask on my face, must look must have been looking like some kind of homeless leper, and just <laughs> never still feeling so happy. And that journey back up to Leeds to to, to celebrate on a Sunday as such, and go and see some friends and uh, a drink in the pubs and, and meet people that that we know, and it was just such a great weekend. The whole weekend, like you say, it's kind of a euphoric blur, and uh, I don't think it would ever be recreated for the right reasons. I think if we were to go on and win another major trophy or some kind of trophy in the in the future, um, there would be an equally as euphoric feeling, but it would carry a different meaning. So I don't think it could ever be replicated. So for anyone that was living through it, I think it would be a special. special yeah, weekend. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but for me, once we knew we were promoted, then once we knew we were champions... It gave me a feeling of elation that I can only assume is what some of these horrible plastic bastards who don't have to worry about results, who know they're going to win every week or the majority of every week, must feel like. Where it was like there was, it didn't feel like there was any pressure. Every game, as soon as we knew we were up, it was like, yeah, I feel like we're going to win this now. Like we are that good, and it was sort of that expectation of I can sit here comfortably and just enjoy it, and I just felt. I don't think there was anything could have put me in a bad mood for probably two or three weeks after I knew we were going up. I just felt genuinely happy for ages, and it just shows you what football can do for people and why it's, without getting too miserable, but why it's so good football still being played now to keep us all going through the bad times. But, yeah, it just meant so much in the shit, shit time. Me me personally, I couldn't sleep. I Like, I, I don't drink. I gave up couple of years ago because I drank too much <laughs> I couldn't sleep I really couldn't sleep and I was so glad for the the square ball they did they did a, a live stream of their campione cast or whatever they called it and and that seriously that seriously got me into thinking like oh maybe maybe I can do a podcast you know <laughs> it was just so inspiring it was such an inspiring moment and I, I've had like, you know, imposter syndrome for a long time. And that's why the whole idea behind the, the Roaring Peacock initially was to be like a magazine because I can hide behind words. And I always have, I've written poetry and, and, and articles and short stories for years. But doing the podcast, like we just had one trial run of it and it just felt so completely right. But without... Without the square ball um, and 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 leads that and and all of these other guys that have come before us, especially when you know at times in my life when I've been in hospital or when there's been when there's been problems and and I haven't been able to look at a TV or relax particularly well, I've stuck on a podcast, you know, and and that's that's kind of the a lot of the inspiration behind behind why we started this in the first place so yeah i couldn't i couldn't fucking sleep i was so <laughs> wired uh, yeah um and i think it's a culmination of what all what both of you guys were talking about because it was so many years of pain where it was just like 
we're never where we should be. And it's just so painful to even think about Leeds, let alone watch them. And, and, and then the combination of, of this idea about Marcelo deserving it because there's never been a league more Brexity than the championship. And you felt like it was a victory for, 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 for style as much as anything. Leeds versus Sean Harvey. If you look at that league table now, we are the obvious miss. Nobody looks at that league table and says, I miss one of the other promoted clubs. But but clubs in that league, whether they're coming away to play us and bring a fan base, fans of clubs in that league wanted to come to Ellen Road to play us. And everybody wanted us to fail, but everybody also wanted us on TV every single week. And it's one of those things, it's kind of like, we are so hated by most clubs in that division. But if you look at the table, we're the most missed club. And I, I think some people might think that that's arrogant, but it's true. I mean, I would just say, and I don't know whether this is right thing for podcast or not, Donny, but um, you mentioned about imposter syndrome and that it inspired you to do it. And I'm glad it did. <clears throat> you can tell how emotional that is for you, like the journey you've been on with the club and what it means to you, which I think is great. And I'm glad it got you to do this because I've never done anything like this before and I imagine quite a few of the lads haven't. I know some of them have, um, but I'm glad you've done it. It's brought together a great group of, of lads who've made lockdown a lot easier to get through. Um, yeah, yeah. It's brought together a bunch of Leeds United fans. You're brilliant at what you do, mate. Um, and I'm really glad you've done it. I did think for a moment there that you might cry and I was thinking two things. One was, does he need some tissues for a very different reason than Barney normally needs them for Calvin Phillips? And... There he is. <laughs> and the I'm second part. Really on the desk. Yeah. And the second part was wondering how old the first person on YouTube or Twitter will be when they see that part to post at this minute, cry more. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, there were definitely some compliments in there, Cookie. I'll, I mean, you I'll still look. Yeah, can much. I just make it really, really clear, though, that I still think you're a cunt? <laughs> That will never change. <laughs> well, this seems as good a point as any. Um, so we asked, or I asked through the Adelites account, um, some of the, how did you celebrate promotion? And we did promise that the best answers would make the pod. Do you guys have the ability to check this thread and, and read, read some of your favorite ones out as well? So it's not just me. Yeah, do you know what the good the good thing is that when you're banned yeah, when you're banned from posting on Twitter like I am for wanting to hug Boris Johnson, that you can still read stuff mm. even when you can't post. <laughs> How did you um, celebrate promotion? Best answers. So Hannah at Hannah Brad says by ugly crying and then getting hammered, which is uh, Can I just clarify, Hannah Brad, do you mean getting hammered on alcohol or a different kind of getting hammered? I know Hannah for the record and not being too rude. There's um there's a great picture from uh, Punjabi Whites uh, that's on there. I love that photo. It just kind of captures everyone starting to culminate at Ellen Road, like mulling around just before it went full on, you know, euphoric with the drapes coming up and seeing the squad in the windows and everything. So I, I kind of like that kind of, you know what's coming after it. With hindsight, you know what's about to happen. <laughs> um, I found my favourite. Um, and it, <laughs> it's... It's so weird. So it's from at MS Kelly 1990, who said, I drove my car around my local town blaring, don't you know, pump it up, 
went to Hobbycraft, spent, <laughs> yeah, spent, spent £30 on helium, bought some Verve clique, and spent the evening toasting Bielsa and the team, crying a lot, happy tears, wearing a shirt with Champions 20 on the back. Now, what I want to know, madam, is this helium. There is no context as to what you use this helium for. <laughs> Were you singing, don't you know, pump it up? And the whites are going up around your town with a helium voice. <laughs> there's just there's just no context to the hobbycraft part. That's what makes no, me laugh. The hobbycraft is a reference that doesn't need to be in, but no. for our amusement, it's good that you added it. Love Thank it. <laughs> Love it. Leon at Hall of Leeds. On my knees in front of the TV, shaking in disbelief as my son ran around the living room like a lunatic. Then off to Ellen Road, lead scarves out both sides of the window, 80s style, horn blaring as I went, then watched the lads in the East Stand safely stood back from the crowd, marching on together. There's a, there's a picture from Joe and Evan's dad, uh, at Joe and Evan's dad. Uh, he's kind of <laughs> topless, uh, running up and down the street with what appears to be many leaf scar- lead scarves tied around his head. Um, and I would imagine there's quite a few people with similar drunken pictures, but that one's a beauty, mate. That one's one for the scrapbook. There's a great photo down at the celebrations from at Craig LUFC 77. And he's got a picture of him and his son. And he said, with my son, um, wouldn't allow him to reply with the video, but he was too overcome with emotion. Um, so he just cried. Then, as you can see, down to Ellen Road with a beer, blasting out LUFC tunes, and then this is the part I like. Then home to get drunk and reply um, to all of my saved bookmarks. To all of those <laughs> bastards who doubted us. Bookmarking in particular, probably what I'd imagine, like, was it Thomas Franks and all of the posts around how they were definitely going up and yeah. all of that stuff, yeah. That must have been fun. K-Ray at KTLUFC. I spent it on me bum bum, drinking Bacardi and Coke in honour of our bearer, crying into myself, not, maybe that's crying into me drink, not being there, supporting and singing my lungs out like we dreamed of for years, but mostly crying of happiness and feeling immense pride and gratitude toward our players and Bielsa, Bielsa's in capital. Sean of the bed has got a good little video clip where he's uh, he's got the old Macrod shirt on and he's uh, drenching himself in champagne, kind of like a bit like an F1 star. But at the end of the video, it goes a bit awry because it all goes in his eyeball and he's kind of like doing some kind of chicken <laughs> dance. <laughs> but well worth it, I'd imagine, my friend. This is a good one. There's um, at Bielsa underscore ball. Um, so Hursty Leeds says, went to a works do, got carried away buying shots when Hoods won. Decided to try get to ER by walking down the canal from Elland Road. Went the wrong way, wrong canal. Ended up in Lancashire. 40, <laughs> 45 pound taxi home. Missed the whole thing. Woke up in the shed with a bar bill of 180 pounds. The way it should be done, my friend. The way it should be done. <laughs> there's one. There's one that's tickled me. Like it's it's a. Uh... It's not that funny, but for some reason I'm actually crying. You're laughing. crying, Rob. It's so You're crying. Funny. It's uh, it's from the original tweet is brilliant uh, and shouldn't be cheapened, but the response has just caught me off guard. So someone called Mike Spencer ninety two is tweeted a, a really cool video of him and his dad find a bottle of red, create a beer, sort of with their backs to the camera cheering, and, and they're in the lead show and they look extremely happy. And I believe they're they singing sh- singing 
singing marching on together, aren't they? Yes, they are over the Adele Valley. Yeah. And, and Jamie Lee seventy six has responded, "You have you have the same hair. Um, they're both bald." <laughs> And I don't know why that's made me laugh so much. Can I do one more just because it's nice? It's not a, it's not a funny one. I just think it's a nice one. It's, um, from a guy called Nick, who's at N. Cockcroft1987, who said, I rang my 10-year-old son, and his first words were, Daddy, we've done it. We then proceeded to cry down the phone to each other. I just think that's such a sweet moment between father and son. Oh, he was 10? Yeah. Oh, that's God. so sweet. That's so unbelievably wholesome. Fucking hell. Don't, don't fucking um, belong here, that, does it? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's lovely. That's what we're here for, isn't it? Um, so a couple of podcasts replied. So um, the uh, Mighty Whites pod, uh, which is an LEFC podcast, at Mighty Whites pod, they said they went round to see my dad, went round to see my dad for the first time in months because of lockdown and have a celebratory drink. So there's another father and son moment. And um, talking about father and son moments, um, the Lad to Leeds breakfast podcast at Lad to Leeds, which I, uh, uh, which is a father and a son podcast. So the lad jumped the back garden fence and ran around Stockport singing lead songs with his other Leeds fan pal over here. They both made it home unscathed. I got my ass kicked by Lad's mum because I didn't go get him. <laughs> nice. There's a there's a really simple one by the way. I don't know if do you guys know Tom Spark, who does quite a lot of art. Uh, he does quite a lot of lead. Well, he's a, he's a I want I don't want to say I was going to say a cartoonist, but I think the word is a uh, fuck's sake. What do you call someone who does comics and that? You'll know, Donny. You're clever. I think a cartoonist is, is 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 fine. I think he'd be happy with that. He's a brilliantly talented guy, and he's just put crying champagne barbecue. <laughs> Can't tell if you cooked champagne on the barbecue, cried on the barbecue. Yeah. Cried champagne. Yeah. Drink drink in the barbecue and setting fire to the champagne. Right. Had so much champagne, it's coming out of his eyes. For me, Tom is one of those people who he's exactly what I like from the Leeds fan base, how much he cares Mm. about his fellow Leeds fans. So um, I don't know if you guys can see this on the on the camera. Oh, it's good, but so yep. what, what he was yeah, doing at nice. Christmas, and I wasn't having a bad Christmas, so I just said, could I have one anyway, was when people were feeling <laughs> no, he said for anyone who was feeling lonely or down at Christmas to let him know, and he would do them a drawing at Christmas, which I just thought was really nice. And I said, well, my Christmas is really good, but can I have one anyway? So he did me that, and it just says, Cookie's Christmas is awesome, with a little um, cartoon of me. So that's why I wanted to mention him. He's really good at looking out for his fellow Leeds fans. Scrolling, scrolling through this feels so nice. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad you pointed me to this thread because I'm just kind of not only reliving moments and seeing some some of these content you've, I've seen before, some really great pictures from the whole weekend and the celebrations and so on. But actually, reading some of these stories is really wholesome to actually take in Twitter content in its right format, I guess, rather than scrolling through looking for bald jokes. It was. Uh, it, it's quite wholesome. This thread. It's really good. I would ask you what you tweeted on the day we went up. But I've tweeted that many fucking times. I'm not sure I'd ever be able to find it. Posted an apology to my estate community group. Oh, this is by Adam Ozzy. At Adam Ozzy, so LEFC Ozzy. Posted an apology to my estate community group. Um, and then proceeded to pump, don't you know, pump it up on repeat. Cracked open the bevs, bounced around the house until the wife got home at half seven. I like how he 
preemptively posted the apology to his <laughs> to his neighbors. I'm sorry for what I'm about to do. <laughs> um, Sam Huby at Sam Huby one going ballistic in my living room. Get get dad to take me down to the station. Hop on the train to Leeds. Arrive at Leeds station. Hop into a cab up to church. Oh, I like this one. Uh, Louis underscore WR. So Louis is a French man. Just a random French lad from Leeds. There we go. Uh, short but sweet. It's not Very Michael simple. Cusons, is it? <laughs> <laughs> so short but sweet. Um, screamed, cried, and got pissed. I like, I like that. There's one I like here from someone called um, Alexander Toon, who's at Alexander Toon 94, who said, two bottles of Aldi champagne. Nice. Classy. And this is what I think is quite nice poetic justice for them, was a, a bottle of wine his dad had kept since 1992. Well. And they're still alive to tweet that, which is well surprising. They don't look too healthy in that picture. <laughs> they might have been the club champagne. They might sure. have had a rough day. <laughs> Pal underscore LUFC screamed in delight, jumped off the sofa to grab a beer, and broke three of his toes on the skating board. That must have really hurt, actually. (laughs) No, 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 breaking three of your toes. Oh, no. I'm really sorry. I've just seen one and I'm trying to work out what I'm trying to picture this scenario. So, this is the dandy highwayman, which is at Dirty Leeds 1969, who said, watching in another room, I put on all four of last season's shirts and wandered into the living room singing Wear Premier League to my missus <laughs> whilst taking the shirts off one at a time. Did he mean some sort of sexy four-shirt dance for his missus or was he doing Joey from Friends where he wears all of Chandler's clothes butt naked? I can't quite work it out. This is a new burlesque genre. <laughs> we are Premier League, say we are Premier League. Take it off his tops. I want to know the dandy highwayman. Did that work? And did you get any? Wow. All the way from America, there's one from LUFC Naperville, which is Chicagoland LUFC. Tweeted a picture of his uh, Arkansas kind of American-English flag hybrid with uh, what looks to be an impressive pyramid of Corona Premier Lager. Good effort, my friend. Um, this is the probably the most highbrow one I've seen. These these gents look particularly classy as well. Um, so it's at PK Dalesman. So it's uh, Mr. Paul Kettlewell. And his comment is, I don't know if I should do a posh accent for this. Um, I've seen probably, this picture. I know which one you're referring to probably, just by your description. Posh accent? Do you mean, should I talk? Uh, oh. Um, Watch the town game with my bro in the swan at Topcliffe. At the conclusion of which, copious libations were imbibed. Seriously refreshed come supper time. And let me tell you, these guys look cheery as fuck. Get in there, lads. Do you know who the the chap in the red t-shirt shirt looks like, if you don't mind me saying good sir? Hopefully you're listening, Mr. Paul uh, Kettlewell. You look a little bit like the angry man off Come Dine With Me who went virally famous for telling the lady to get out of his house when he lost the cooking competition. And I don't know why that reference has just popped into my head, but yeah, fair play. Um, Phil Braithwaite, at Phil LEFC, observing my son trying to process it, which is nice. Um, He didn't say that. That's me commenting on it. Okay, I'll continue with the tweet. 
regret over not feeling it was safe to go to Ellen Road on the Friday or the city centre on the Sunday. Did the trail thing and the trophy photo to feel more involved. And he's got a picture of his son celebrating. And it's it's very cute, isn't it? It's very heartwarming. I feel like this is probably going to be the most heartwarming, most wholesome podcast we'll ever do. There's a guy who's gone into Bielsa-level analysis who said, and he's a super LUFC at Dan's Footprints, who says, I watched Pablo's goal against Swansea 100 times, and for me that was the defining moment with a tear in my eye. (laughs) (laughs) The 100th time, was it? After the 100th time, he was like, okay, that's enough now. I love that. I love all of these. I'm not sure if we'll be able to um, get through all of them because we've got about 100 replies. So I'm really sorry if we don't read your reply out. Um, we'll try and get through as many as possible. So at Maz Leeds, so um, that's Maz, uh, she, she's tweeted, swinging my shirt around my head outside Ellen Road because someone started a chant of shirts off if you hate man you. The bloke next to me said, um, I don't, you won't dare to, do, to join in, will you, love? So obviously I had to. And uh, she's there with a the shirt off and a beer, and she looks fucking pretty pleased about it. Good on you, Maz. There's a tweet from a Go really, on, yeah, there's a really, really odd, odd looking bloke who's put, I was with Ads59 Shadow at Dangerous GK and at Cameron Stone 01 in a catatonic <laughs> state. And this is that really odd looking chat look. Hi, I've never seen that guy before. Um, there's there's a lovely photo actually. It's, it's, there's no text, but it's just a photo. So we'll put it. We'll, I'll put it up in the edit. And it's uh, Telecaster Matt. So at M O T underscore M A double T. And it's just the the three boys there. I wonder if it's a dad and two sons, and they're so fucking happy. Go on, lads, get in there. I'm sorry, I have to read this one, Rob. I know you've probably got one. No, it's um, go I on, didn't realise there was a more replies at the bottom. <laughs> Which one are you going to read? Because jo- I was going to read the same oh, one. Jono, at Jono Levty. <laughs> but <Yes>. just <laughs> shagged our girl until her tits fell off. <laughs> <laughs> I've got that one safe for next next. (laughs) Oh, fucking hell. Love it. (laughs) Sorry, Rob. I just saw it and it just absolutely (laughs) killed me. I was struggling to keep the kind of smirks and grins in, actually. I was thinking, I've got to get this one out at the bottom. Or Jono, I think he's been kind of muted from the main thread because of the content of the language. I don't know, but it's a belting tweet, that. Oh, dear. Um... Shagda till her tits came off. Um, right at off. Darren, nineteen sixty-seven, <laughs> he just said, "Had a cry in the bath." <laughs> <laughs> what is it with our fan base and kind of going to a commercial, uh, you know, chain outlet stores during this euphoric moment? Greenfisher Twit went to Asda because he needed to do the big shop, uh, so he had his windows down, played "Pump It Up," marching on together at full blast. Yeah. Right. Similar, similar retail outlet got um, Catherine Hawks at Cathawks77 who said on behalf of my other half walked down our street after work a pint, sorry, and a pint with fists in the air, came in and cried proceeded to walk down our main high street with fists in the air, screamed down the local co-op bought two bottles of Moe, collapsed and cried again 
<laughs> oh, and tops it off with, it was ace. I think one of the most impressive responses was from Sophie. Um, so her tag is at rest in cliff face. And she's, she's tweeted out a photo of a drink, which is in a PlayStation Champions glass, I believe. Blasting out, marching on together, full volume in my Dorset village as the Huddersfield game was drawing to an end, singing, crying, and drinking this the next day. <laughs> nice. Shall I um, tell you what her Twitter handle's supposed to be, but it's pronouncing click wrong? <clears throat> it's resting clitch face, isn't it, based on resting bitch face? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, resting click face. But yeah, maybe she's... Maybe she does have a resting click face. I don't. I. I don't know. Sophie, if you want to come on the pod and show us your resting click face, do it. Do it, girl. Get on there. Um, she said, uh, if anybody wants to make the recipe, it's pineapple juice shaken up in brackets loads. So, um, with ice to create the yellow and white layers, and then separately, I cut blue curacao. Uh, is that how you say it? Um, with water and poured it over the foam carefully to sit in the middle. So she's got a drink which is yellow, blue, and white, and it looks rather delicious. So looks like nice a refreshing one, beverage. Yes. Trant05, I've got a question for you, my friend, if you could reply uh, to the to the tweet that when the pod goes out. He said he's been at the best party in the world, and there's a picture of him, obviously, with the, the bus celebration kind of down at Ellen Road, and then... The next photograph is him getting interviewed by Sky Sports outside Ellen Road the next morning. So my question is, did you go home and go to bed or did they find you outside Ellen Road the next morning? Tweet and let us know. We're, we're getting to the point where I think we've, um, we've, read, out, we've read out maybe enough. Mm. Yeah, okay. Um, so... I'm terribly sorry if you didn't get your um, tweet read out. The trouble is we got 80 replies, so be a difficult podcast. <laughs> if it was just, it'd be a three-hour podcast. Just sit here and read 80 tweets. <laughs> Some of those were great, weren't they? Absolutely love that. And it takes it takes you back. Like even just here talking about it and reading some mm. of those. You can absolutely relate to that and seeing some of the pictures, you know, people who went to Millennium Square. I'm not going to touch too much on the bus because I have different thoughts about that, but <clears throat> seeing some of the other bits and bats, it just, it's just really good. It takes you down memory lane and what a good moment it was for so many people. And like I sort of touched on before without getting too soppy, but you've had a lot of people going through difficult times with what were going on, and that made such a difference to such a lot of people. So it's just brilliant to see it meant so much to so many folk. And not just Touch those ones that got down, like you said, not not just the ones that that went that got to these. Like say, I I, I was only able to come up on a Sunday as such. I don't live too far away, but I spent a Friday Saturday not in and around the city centre of Leeds. But there's some great pictures and great kind of anecdotes from people far and wide. You know, not just in in, in and around Yorkshire, but around the UK. Fans from overseas in different territories and parts of the world. It was um, it meant like you say so much to so many different people. For so many reasons, and I think um, fair play to anyone that embraced it and enjoyed it because it doesn't happen often. Touch upon just um, you know you can be happy for a number of reasons, like um, you can you can find a, a quid under the couch or something. Huh. It's pretty, kind of makes you. 
a little bit surprising. It makes you a bit happy, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, th- there's a longevity to that that happiness, isn't there? Um, and I, I think it goes back to what you were saying, Cookie, is that you were happy for for weeks after that, and that's the that's the feeling I got. I it's difficult to describe, but it's a kind of I mean, it must be what euphoria is or whatever. But it, but it it felt like I was lifted, and then I didn't come down again for a long time. And you know, I, I spent a good portion of my twenties being a very naughty boy. Uh, doing uh, all kinds of things. And let me tell you, there was always a come down the next day. And I felt terrible. I mean, am I the only one, by the way, who there were there was a definite point where it didn't feel real? Just didn't yeah. feel real. I thought I was going to wake up and be back to us being shit. <laughs> it just didn't yeah. feel real at all. Yeah, it, it was very unreal, wasn't it? I mean, it's it's again, it's not... It's not your everyday serendipitous moment of the quid in the couch or actually, you know, I can, I can do do you one better than that. I was actually walking back from Ellen Road uh, one, one day and I found um, a tenner on the floor. Somebody had dropped it. Oh, my God. And, you know, that, I looked around. There was no one looking, for, looking on the ground for a tenner. So I thought, oh, thank you very much. I'm having that. And that made me feel happy for about... Maybe five hours, something like that. I think <laughs> had that kind of a. I think we can start putting like um, uh, half lives on the, on these little moments, and this promotion and then trophy lift it seriously made me feel happy for for the next three weeks, something like that. I think that's what you said, Cookie. Two or three weeks, and it really felt that way. And each individual microcosmic moment can be relived and give that little pinch of euphoria in the bigger scheme of what helped us float around for days and weeks on end after it happened. You can pinpoint different things that, uh, you know, Aileen's uh, fantastic goal against Huddersfield, Pablo, obviously, and any pick a moment, pick a moment you want from that kind of timeline of events. It, it, I, I loved and relished the fact it didn't, it wasn't there and over in one day in one moment, in one game. It was dragged out over a period of anguish and like anxiety, like you said, Cookie, over that kind of nauseating feeling was always there, the voice in the back of your head. But when well, you particularly got over, when like, football was stopped, when we thought yes. it might never happen. Yeah, and we thought maybe it was PPG, and there was a feeling of, well, if it's PPG, we'll, we'll take it. I mean, it's, we're still promoted. None of us fucking it? wanted it, did we? No, we've got to finish the job. But I think most people, we wanted to finish it properly, didn't we? To say we've done it properly. Yeah, of course. What would we want to watch football? That's what. That's that's what it boils down to at the Imagine end of the day. Imagine the shit we'd have got for the rest of time if we'd have been the only team who got promoted because of points per game. We'd have never lived okay. it down. I never wanted it. I'm so glad we went up on <clears throat> absolute justification of team performance. You know. Um, yeah. And you're yeah. right, like, nobody can ever take that feeling away from us. And you're right, mm. we still get to relive those moments. Like I say, reading those tweets tonight reminds me of, you know, the night I had when it when it happened on both the night when we got no, knew we were promoted, the night we knew we were champions. Mm. And whilst it's not the same feeling, it definitely puts a smile on my face. Yeah. I mean, that the, the game against Stoke and Stoke were terrible. You know, 5-0. Uh, 
But after that, I mean, and that was a wonderful performance. Really Talk incredible about. performance. One of the best under Marcelo. Um, but then the next two games were not. They were not good games of football. They were not They were not Hard nice to watch. to watch. And it, especially the Barnsley game, we were getting outplayed. And that was that was not a feeling that we've, we've been used to the last three years. Um, and it was especially unexpected from Barnsley. But I like that manager. I liked him. And, yeah, and I thought, fair play, they, they played brilliantly. Um, but it, it, it was th- those two games were tough to watch um, and it didn't matter in the end because we won. But it's just going off the back of what you were saying, Rob, because it was, it was this roller coaster, wasn't it? It was like the anxiety, the tension, the stress, and it all comes back. All those failed attempts at, at promotion, you know, the, the, the playoff final against Watford, all of those moments, all all those that shit down the year, it, down the years, it all comes back, and all the anxiety comes back again when you're in the 85th minute against Swansea, and you're thinking we can't can't lose it from here. Come on, find something, you know. Um, so that that mix of all of these different aspects, I think, gave us a moment in time, which. A lot of other fans will never be able to understand. Plastic fans, they're never going to be able to understand. That was a genuine moment of euphoria that lasted for weeks. So let's just wrap this up now. We've been happy enough. We can very shortly. This podcast. Twenty twenty one's not a bad year, is it? It started off well. Yeah, very shortly. <laughs> I feel all right now. <laughs> this podcast is going to end, and we're going to have to go back to the reality of. Uh, failed coups and (laughs) (laughs) okay but um, so one last time let's wrap it up final thoughts let's start with you Rob Uh, simply a feeling like no other and I hope whoever you are listening or watching and however you celebrated however you enjoyed it whether you were with family friends on your own I hope that that moment stays with you for a very, very long time, especially during these not so pleasant times. Think back to it, cherish it. It'll stay with you for a long time. And uh, yeah, all leads are we. Me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and um, well, I just think for me, that it's just, just a great time to be alive as a Leeds fan. Like it must've been amazing to be alive in the sixties and seventies under Revy. And obviously we can't compare it to that because we haven't won the kind of stuff. We've not been as good as the team was back then, but, to be in a generation that got to watch this amazing football and hopefully will do for years to come. Um, and I hope he stays and I really think he actually might. Um, it's just a great time to be a Leeds fan. It was a great moment. It made COVID bearable. Um, it's given me memories for life. I've, I just feel <clears throat> there's been times in my life where I've felt very unlucky and cursed to be a Leeds United fan. And at the moment, I feel very fortunate to have a football team that are a joy to watch that even though we're not winning everything, every game is interesting to watch. The club is full of fantastic people, good owners, great manager, um, and it feels like the only way is up. Um, And I will touch wood with that because it's Leeds, so there is always a down, but it feels like we're on the up again. I I feel like back when I was a teenager again, so it's great. Fantastic. Well, 
That was your memories and stories of Leeds United's uh, what the fuck of the year was it? 2019-2020 Championship Champions promotion season. And I hope that uh, gave you some comfort uh, during these uh, weird times. And we will see you again very soon for the match preview where we'll be speaking to a member of Crawley Town's Supporters Association because, to be honest, Alex and I know absolutely nothing about Crawley. Okay. (laughs) It's a very goodbye from me, and thank you for listening. And it's a very goodbye from Rob. Goodbye, guys. And a very goodbye from Cookie. Cheers, guys. Goodbye. Please, 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 please. Most of our stats come from LUFC Stats or LUFC Data on Twitter. You should probably give them a follow as they're more interesting than us. A very special thanks to Adam Warner, Barney Stewart, Cookie, Ewan and Howard Metcalf, Josh Pearson, Laura, Leon and Rob, The Light Show and all our family and friends. So many games to play, don't care what's on your mind.